It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Brian Doe, Certified Financial Planner at Livingworth Wealth Advisors, serving the Lake Country and beyond, office in Greensboro, Georgia. But no matter where you are, thanks for joining us today for, I believe, our final show of 2021. If you uh, want to check out all the past awesome shows that we did this year, go to livingworth.com. Brian, great to be with you this week. How are you, my friend? Uh, doing great. Can't believe that... Uh the end of the year is upon us. It is. Um, I, are you feeling the stress? I mean, not like just of gifts and things like that, but just sort of halfway through the month. It just everything's happening so quickly. Just like seems in a matter of days, we're going to be having visitors. We've already had one like Christmas party for my wife's work, and we've got many others coming up right around the corner. It just like it's all going to happen very quickly these next few weeks. Uh, well. I don't know. I, I guess maybe I've just uh, given up stressing about it and just letting it happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're we're trying to get into the new office, and we're we're trying to have a open house. We do coffees and caramels, and we're we've got our new space. But you know, getting moved in, getting everything set up. Uh, we just got in the cabinetry for the the, the coffee bar, so we're. Uh, oh, very have nice. you seen those episodes of um, like those home makeovers or those places where they do they build a house or, or renovate a house on like a a long weekend or a, or a week while the family goes away? I forget the name yeah. of what the show was, but yeah, but I always remember they, they came in something like that. Yeah, and, and like the mortar and the paint, uh, you know, the mortar and the tile was still drying, the paint was still drying, and yeah, you know, they were they were walking through trying to you know, just do that last minute finish. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, did they have makeover. the big, uh, like, what is it, fixer-upper, where they do the big picture of what the old house looked like, and then they wheel it out of the way to reveal the new design? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ours won't be so uh, special effects so heavy, but uh, it'll yeah. be nice. Well, very cool. Well, I uh, hope everybody's having a great December so far and uh, getting ready for the new year, 2022. But before we turn that page, you know, in the last episode, Brian, we talked a little bit about some end-of-year considerations and the like, things that, you know, people should be thinking about, uh, kind of an end-of-year checklist. And uh, kind of with that scramble, you may be cal- calm as a cucumber, but uh, everybody else may be scrambling here at the end of the year for various reasons, whether it be gifts or setting up travel and those kinds of things, or or maybe it's dealing with their finances and uh, that realm. I'm sure there are still some people who are kind of feeling that pinch, feeling that scramble, wondering if there are some last minute things that they need to address and that they need to think about. And so we want to kind of uh, cover some of those concerns through the rest of today's show to kind of wrap up the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so obviously we, on accounts that we manage, we were able to take tax loss, selling, uh, realized gains and loss. We, we, we have We have a dashboard where we can see and execute on those things, go look for opportunities. So I've been busy doing a lot of that. But the thing that always pops up this time of year is it's a charitable, you're feeling generous uh, through the holidays, but we've also got the deadline of charitable gifts or gifts to individuals that have to be completed in the calendar year. And so while we, you know, try to stay ahead of that or pe- you know people plan ahead, invariably this is one of those things that just gets down to hey, it's it's the end of the year, it's the time church, the charities, they send out, you know, notices and people are like, oh my, I've got to get my gifting done. And so I thought I would take just a minute to talk about some recent and and actually one very recent innovation that has made gifting easier and simpler, but also gives you the maximum 
tax advantages uh, now that they've made some changes to the tax code. It's time to dig a little deeper to make sure you're getting the maximum bang for your buck off of off of charitable giving. Making donations, charitable giving, and the like easier is a positive thing. So nice to hear that maybe there's at least a little momentum in that direction. Although I know anytime we talk about tax code, it's not always going to be that simple, is it? Well, it's, it's a total moving target. As, as soon as I get all, everything figured out, they, they go and change it all. So I jokingly That's what refer- makes it fun, Brian. That's what makes it fun. Well, it makes it fun. And um, I always joke to, about all the new legislation is just Financial Advisor Full Employment Act. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, uh, if it was all easy, then uh, we wouldn't need you so much. So. Exactly. It's job security for you guys. Uh, now, you said something that um, is, I guess, a good distinction as you launch into some of these uh, important points, and that would be that there's two different types of giving. You sort of outlined there, charitable, but then also two individuals. You separate those things out a little bit? Yep, right. So so charitable is is the uh, gifting to organizations, whether it's the church, uh, your alma mater. Uh, you may have a, a number of different groups or, or, or smaller organizations that that you the art the performing arts centers and things like that there there's there's no shortage of of options for giving and and i think historically people just write checks to these organizations and in the past uh you know those deductions would go on your itemized deductions on schedule a and you you'd get a, your deduction or, or be able to use those as pre-tax contributions well a big change that happened with the most recent tax code changes under trump was they Increased the standard deduction, right? For it's 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 twenty four headed twenty five thousand dollars for uh, couples, uh, half that for individuals. And you know, really, if you've reached the point in life where you know, the kids are gone, you don't get that deduction. The mortgage is paid off. You don't have a lot of interest to pay, and uh, you've got this now larger standard deduction. Well, itemizing doesn't do you any good unless you get above that threshold for itemized deductions. And the standard deduction going up was was kind of a give with one hand, take with the other phenomenon because they did away with the personal exemptions, which was, was a different category of deduction that you also got. And, and they lumped it into this one larger standard deduction. So we've lost the, the personal exemptions. And if you fall in that category where the kids and the mortgages and, and all those things that gave us a lot of deductions in the past are gone. Again, like you've got to dig deeper now to find strategies for charitable gifting that are tax advantaged. And so the the two that I'll talk about there today is uh, gifting of appreciated stock and gifting from your IRA and a couple nuances around that that are um, Interesting development as they changed the RMD age, they did not change the age for uh, being able to use your IRA for pre-tax donations. And we'll, we'll talk that, about that. That's the moving target you alluded to earlier. Yeah, yeah. They just continue to make it more and more complex. It's amazing. Well, let's start with, uh, you want to start with appreciated stocks and that being a, a good place to begin? Yeah. So, so this is one that can apply to a lot of different People and age ranges. So if you've got an investment that you've made, it's appreciated dramatically. You know, maybe you hit it big with a, a speculative stock in the short run, or maybe you've had, you know, something like Apple, Amazon, Google, one of those in your portfolio for uh, several years, and it's highly appreciated. Well, instead of giving a gift of cash, what you should do is just gift the stock 
because if you sold the stock to make the cash gift, you would pay capital gains tax on the appreciation of that stock. Well, what you can you know, do is just make the gift of stock directly to the organization. You avoid the capital gains tax. Whether or not you get above that standard uh, deduction you know, is still a factor. But at least this way, you've avoided a capital gains tax. And, and now the organization can sell the, the stock. They'll reap the, uh, the net proceeds of that. So the problem with gifting appreciated stock is if you have multiple organizations that you're wanting to gift to, you've got paperwork, you've got a few shares going here, a few shares going there, lots of addresses and routing numbers, and in getting all of that detail, it can be a lot of uh, paperwork and hassle. So it really, it really is only effective and efficient for large gifts to you know maybe one, two, or three organizations before you fatigue from doing all the paperwork. So a account type that Schwab has has available now, uh, and I really like, I've, I've got a few people using it, in it uh, for a few years now and, and have really liked it, is a donor-advised fund. Now, you may have heard of some of these you know, charitable community organizations, and there's different donor-advised funds that are set up as big entities, and I've got some uh, cynicism about those uh, that I won't go into now, but what this is, this is much simplified. You get your own donor advised fund, and now you can just transfer your appreciated stock. This could, this can all be within the Charles Schwab universe. You can contribute your appreciated stock into the donor advised fund, and then it gets liquidated within this account. And then from that, you get a bill pay type feature where you can now send you know, regular recurring monthly gifts. You can make uh, you know one big gift. You can make it to multiple small organizations. You're in total control of it, much like you would be with a regular bank account, checking account. But it's this nice little entity where you can transfer in stock as you need it, liquidate it without having the capital gains, but it leaves you in control of when you actually make the gifts to organizations. And what's extra cool about that is that if you're trying to get above that standard deduction so that you get more benefit for your charitable donation, you could lump multiple years of gifts. You can make one large gift uh, in one year and, and qualify for that extra deduction, but then you can actually take you know multiple years to do the gifting. So you can you can coordinate this with a potential high income year or if you want to do some things to actually take advantage of that of that standard deduction. This donor advised fund gives you tremendous flexibility. It's very simple and easy to use and and the whole interface and and cost of it is incredibly uh, competitive to the other funds that I, I was talking to out there. I know people will like that flexibility that they can tap into and and utilize with something like that. I mean, we all want a little bit more control these days, and so the ability to kind of have some influence over not just what's getting donated, but the timing, like you mentioned, I can see why that would be very attractive for a lot of people. Yeah. So um, the second type is using your IRA required minimum distribution for charitable giving. Let me see if I can make this as clear as possible, but RMD, required minimum distribution age, used to be 70 and a half, and now it's 72. 
They got and rid of the half, if, at least. That's if, good. If the Secure Act 2 goes through, which it looks like it will, that number will increase to 73 and to 75 over time. So we got a continual moving target of when required minimum distributions begin. But the old number of 70 and a half was the the original date for required minimum distributions to begin. And what they allowed you to do was gift from your IRA directly to a charitable organization. And then what that did was it kept the distribution off of your tax return for you know calculating your total income. And it was a, a very tax efficient way to, to gift. Well, and if you weren't uh, RMD age, you couldn't really use that. But if you were RMD age, then you could uh, make the gifts directly. If you didn't need your required minimum distribution, if you were going to be gifting anyway, that just allowed you to do it in a way that it kept that income off of your you know, adjusted gross income calculation, and it would keep you in a lower tax bracket. So here's what they've done. They've changed the required minimum distribution age, but they have left the age of 70 and a half as when you can start using your IRA to make charitable donations and and get this benefit. Nice. So people can tap into that even before they reach the new RMD ages as they start coming up. Yep. And that could be really advantageous. Yeah. And, and so you can gift up to $100,000 per year. Uh, nice. And again, let me just clarify how that works. If you were pre-70 and a half, you could now gift from the IRA, but it counts as a distribution. It goes on your tax return. You would have to then take that uh, dollar amount and go put it on Schedule A. And, and, and now we're back to the same problem of having to beat that or, or get above that standard deduction amount. So, um, yeah, so 70 and a half, you've, you've now got this IRA ability to, to gift. Well, same thing with gifting chair uh, appreciated stock. You've got the paperwork and the accounts and where this check goes to. And, and, and it was a bit of a hassle to get, you know, particularly small gifts from your IRA to, to the charity. So same basic problem. Well, what Charles Schwab has done now is they've offered the IRA checkbook. And oh, much, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so much like we used to write a check, send it in, put it in the plate, uh, have a nice record of it. Well, you can now request an IRA checkbook and you can do your charitable gifting, the more traditional, uh, you know, write a check, keep track of it. You know, you're in control of when you give. And now you've got the simplicity of making these smaller gifts in a more efficient way. That's pretty neat. That's like uh, when we did a HELOC, we were able to get the uh, checkbook on the HELOC account. And I think they even sent us a, I, would you call it a debit card, I suppose, yeah. mm-hmm. from that was mm-hmm. tied into the HELOC account. So now they're kind of setting up that same structure for the IRAs, which yeah. makes things a little simpler and easier. Yep. Uh, well, what about other solutions for folks who are maybe here at the end of the year trying to figure out how they can make charitable donations or help folks around them, but uh, are bogged down by that you know overwhelming sense of like keeping up with it and the paperwork and some of those types of giving that take a little longer to set up? Yeah. So one of the things that will transition to just gifting to individuals. And one misconception that I think, uh, what I actually ran into was the, the the idea that gifting to a niece, a nephew, a, a child was somehow tax deductible. 
and that's not the case at all. What, what you're actually looking at is dealing with gift taxes. And so every year you're allowed to give, well, this year it was 15000 per person. So, so if you had uh, a couple with one child, they could gift $30,000, you know, $15,000 each spouse to that child. And that number is going to 16000 next year. So that's a nice little gift amount if you want to transition some assets or if you've got multiple children and you and you want to do uh you know that level of gifting to to all of them it's a great way to get money out of your estate and not have to deal with gift taxes well here's the thing each year this this number keeps changing but like I said the the gifting exclusion amount without having to file a gift tax return is sixteen thousand but if you wanted to give away $12 million, you actually could go ahead and do that. That is your lifetime exclusion or uh, estate tax exemption amount. That number, Walter, has changed, I think, nine out of 10 years, that number changes. <laughs> and when I started, it was 675000 per person. You know, so, so a million three. A lot. Yeah, so a million three fifty for couples. Well, if you had over you know a million three fifty, which you know, if you had a million dollar portfolio and a you know few hundred three four five hundred thousand dollar house and other assets, it was very easy to get over that uh, amount. But uh, you know today we're at twelve million. So if you wanted to gift twelve million dollars today, you would just gift it, file a gift tax return that says, "Hey, I'm taking advantage of my lifetime credit," and while you would not have gift tax on it, you know there there would be a uh, acknowledgement that you've actually used that lifetime uh, ex- exclusion. But I'll say this: if you're planning on gifting eleven or twelve million dollars, call me first. <laughs> Let's make sure we get it right. Let's make right? sure we do that. Let's make sure we do that right. Well, I'll talk to my wife tonight, Brian, and see if we can swing that before the end of the year, and we'll, we'll give you a call over the weekend if uh, if we think we're going to pull the trigger on that. But yeah, please do. We may yeah, have, be, be we may to, have to push that to 2022 if we can't squeeze in the conversation among all the other hecticness of the holidays. Right, but right. We'll see, we'll see what we can do. So let, let, me, uh, let me just throw one more um, strategy that, that applies potentially to all of these uh, different, different approaches, and that's bunching or bundling your, your charitable gifts into one year. Okay, so right now we've got limits on state and local income tax deductions of 10000 I think some legislation passed that's going to change that for a few years, and then it's going to go bad. It's, it's going to be a moving target. But right now, if you had $10,000 of state and local tax deductions and you wanted to gift $15,000 to charities, well, that literally brings you right up to that standard deduction amount. So if your plan was to you know, consistently over a few years uh, have that same state and local income tax deduction and that charitable gifting amount, what you could do is look at January 1st, call your church, call your organization and say, hey, I'm not going to gift this year, but January 1st, I'm going to write you a check for $15,000 or I'm going to send you stock for you know $15,000. I'm going to use my donor advised fund or whatever it is. I'm going to send you 15000 at the beginning of the year. And uh, then I'm going to do $15,000, you know, divided over 12 months. So you'll have regular monthly. And then in December, December 31st, I'm going to do another 15000 And that way you've pulled three years worth of gifting into one calendar year. Well, now you're above the standard deduction amount. 
but you've over a you know basically a, a three year time period it gets a little lumpy for the charities you know they but I'm, I'm sure they some of them prefer to have you know regular monthly contributions but if if you tell them what you're what you're doing you know they can plan accordingly for it so this is one way that you can bunch all those gifts into one year uh, same strategy kind of applies with the donor advised fund you know just like I said earlier overfund it one year get the deduction then then dole the money out as you want. So there's a couple of ways here to bundle or bunch these contributions in, into one year. And then that way, a couple of years, you're taking the standard deduction. And then one year, you're going to itemize and, and jump up. And, and if you can coordinate those with big tax years or years that you've got uh, capital gains, again, there, there's many facets to this, but uh, just a couple ideas to think about. And if you want to simplify, streamline, and uh, you use some of these new tools like the Donor Advised Fund or the IRA checkbook uh, to simplify this type of giving, they're out there. They're working well, and, and I see more and more people going to the IRAs for donations under this new tax code. So something to think about year-end. It may not be time to get it done for this year, but I tend to take IRA distributions early in the year. So if you have a mandatory distribution, you know my thinking is get that money out of your IRA at the beginning of the year, and that way if there's future growth on that asset— uh, it's growing outside of your IRA, and therefore that's reducing future mandatory distributions and future taxes. Uh, so most most of my clients are set up for beginning of the you know first half of the year, first quarter, first half of the year. We've got their IRA set to uh, process for distributions. So if you think you want to start doing charitable gifting from your IRA, get with your advisor, get with me, and and let's coordinate to make sure a you've got enough cash in there. Uh, so when you do write the checks. We've got plenty of money for those to clear. And uh, also then we'll reduce the uh, distribution going you know, to, to you uh, offset by that, that charitable amount. Just like how you don't want to mess up a rollover because a simple mistake can have some huge implications to it. Similar when it comes to RMDs, right? Like we don't really want to mess up that part of the equation. Uh, you kind of want to get all that stuff right. So Always helpful to work with somebody who does this day in and day out for clients. And if you've listened to a couple of podcasts or a whole bunch of them, or maybe this is the first one you've heard and you're interested in not only what you've heard on today's show about charitable giving and how Brian and his team can kind of help you navigate those waters, but your entire financial and retirement planning picture. Let me tell you the easiest way to get in touch and have a conversation about some of these things. Uh, best thing to do would be to set up a free 15-minute introductory call with Brian. You can see how you can get clarity around your financial goals, how you can live the lifestyle you want, and of course, help all your loved ones in your life do the same. Two ways to get in touch. First is to go to livingworth.com and click book a call. That's the easiest way to do it, maybe from your smartphone or computer. Again, that's livingworth.com. Or you can give a call directly to 706-451-9800, 706-451-9800, and you should be able to find that contact information or a link to the contact information in the show notes of today's episode to make it easy as well. And that'll set you up with a call with Brian, and it's nice and easy. It's a chit-chat just like we're having here today on the show, but more specifically about your situation. And Brian, I think you make it pretty approachable and easy for folks, and I appreciate you breaking it all down for us on yet another episode today. Well, happy to help, and uh, hopefully this inspired everybody to be charitable and uh, keep things simple at the same time. 
Well, have a uh, fantastic Christmas and New Year and a good next couple of weeks. You're nice and calm, so, you know, it doesn't look like the holidays are causing you any stress whatsoever. So enjoy the time, and we'll be ready for a fun 2022 with you. Embrace the chaos. There you go. Sounds good. (laughs) You're you're just like uh, so behind the scenes moment for folks listening to the show today. We're still an audio podcast, but we did connect with video today. So Mm -hmm. I can actually see Brian instead of us uh, just kind of talking blindly like old school radio. You are just like the picture over your shoulder of Snoopy sitting on top of his house, sleeping, relaxing. You're just just chilling with Woodstock on his belly. Yeah, just my my daughter Woodstock hanging out or my daughter painted that. (laughs) She, She did a great job. It's awesome. That's a good. That's a good one to have in your uh, in your video call background. Mm-hmm. I, I have boxes behind mine because I'm messing with my studio at the moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so. <laughs> we'll get you an interior decorator there or somebody. To... I I badly need it. Yes, definitely. you need an extu- extreme studio makeover. Yes, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I I have not been one to put much into the aesthetics of my studio because I've been audio focused since I was 16 and not not much in the video realm. So this will be slightly new territory. Yeah, yeah. We'll try it out. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, fig- we'll figure it out. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning into the show, not only today, but throughout the year. And we look forward to seeing you in the new year. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time right back here on Make the Dough Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website. Or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.